Well, what is going down, Fanchies? It is that time once again. Thank you so much for your patience, but we are back, and we welcome you back to Banshee, y'all. I am Don Mega, joined as always by my boy Lynx. What up, man? What's going on, Don Mega? How you been, brother? Been good, been good. Glad to uh, be back in this little town called Banshee. It's been it's been a little bit, and uh, but our travels have brought us back here. Uh, happy to be back in the town of Banshee. Yes, sirree. So you know what it is. Welcome to Banshee, where we discuss the best show on television, and that is Banshee on the Cinemax channel. Um, by now, you hopefully have heard the other episodes. This is technically episode three, and this is our season two wrap-up. It's our full review. Uh, spoiler alert. Yes, there will be spoilers. We are talking about the season as if you've seen it and you want to hear us talk about it. So if you've seen the if you've listened to the season 1 review, you know exactly what this is. We're just doing it now for season 2. And um I want to thank everybody that's listened and tweeted us and showed their support for Welcome to Banshee. We've we've gotten a lot of love uh since the season 1 episode went out and um we really appreciate it and uh everybody's support and spreading the word around. Uh follow us on Twitter at welcome to banshee and it's the number 2 so welcome to banshee and uh always stay up to date with what's going on in the world of banshee. So I am stoked are you stoked? Are you ready to talk some season two? Dude, I have been ready since we uh, ended our season one show, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's yeah, so true. I mean, I uh, I rewatched season two, and it's just like like we say. I mean, just when you think it can't get any better, it just gets better. <laughs> it does, man. We told you at the end of season one that this show just ramps up and up and up. And, you know, when I got done with season one, when I originally watched it, I was like, man, it's going to be tough to top this. And here we go into season two where they do top it. So another 10 episodes for season two, and we're going to break them down just like we did last time. We'll talk a little bit about the episode, and then we'll discuss what we liked, maybe what we didn't like, and what kind of stood out to us. So let's jump right into season two, episode one. Uh, the first episode here is titled Little Fish. And following the events of the first season, Carrie tells Lucas that her first priority is getting her family back and that Lucas needs to disappear before his real identity is discovered. Rebecca is conflicted about leaving her previous life after the revelation that the bomb in the hotel killed the mayor, but is reassured by Proctor. Later in the day, she watches Proctor having sex with an unknown woman. Job and Sugar break into the morgue and they steal the remains of the real Lucas Hood after the shallow grave the body was buried in was discovered, which, of course, we talked about at the end of season one there. FBI Special Agent Jim Racine arrives in Banshee to conduct a closed federal hearing, but it quickly becomes apparent that he is more interested in finding Rabbit. Consequently, he is incredibly lenient, putting the Sheriff's Department under federal oversight for two years, putting each deputy on probation and not punishing Lucas at all as he was acting in the capacity of a civilian. Before leaving town, Racine reveals that Xavier will be removed from the case and tells Carrie that she will face criminal charges unless she can provide information about her father's whereabouts. 
Job, Carrie, and Lucas in a high-speed car chase rob the armored truck from the casino, but only manage to get away with a small portion of the money because a mysterious motorcyclist, later revealed to be Nola, is able to thwart their plan. George, a member of the Keanu Tribal Council, uses this to question Alex's position as chief. Deva is caught shoplifting but escapes any consequences by threatening the security guard with an allegation of sexual assault. <laughs> Carrie, Carrie pleads with Gordon to help her with the pending charges, but Gordon is resolute. Lucas later meets Nola in Sugar's bar and has sex with her. Of course he does, because that's what Lucas does. <laughs> <laughs> and in the final scene, uh, Racine questions a priest connected to Rabbit, who Racine alleges is hiding Rabbit, whilst the priest implies he has knowledge that Racine has serious health issues. So a lot goes down in this first episode. I remember when I was checking it out, um, it was kind of interesting to see the whole um, kind of court case with the deputies and with Lucas Hood and all of them about the big shootout that went down at the end of of uh, season one, and basically how they got put under such a microscope and they got you know the whole sheriff's department got put under probation and how Carrie went to jail over this. Like I was like, damn, that's a hell of a way to kick off this season, you know. And then Lucas kind of getting out of it because he you know was off duty at the time. <laughs> like it, it, it was just. Um, it was nuts. Uh, I remember, you know, loving how they were trying to get away after robbing the place in the armored truck. And then the motorcycle comes out of nowhere and kind of shoots him off the road. And what I loved about this scene was like after uh, Nola kind of takes off on the motorcycle uh, and the other cops show up. And then Lucas acts like they just got there on the scene, <laughs> you know, and he's kind of like, he's all like, oh, yeah. And they're like, how did you get here that fast, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you know, we just happened to be in the neighborhood, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, they literally never left from, <laughs> you know, from getting crashed over there. And uh, there was just so much that went down in this one here. And, and kind of we started to see the creepy kind of side to the relationship with Rebecca and Proctor with her watching Proctor having sex and it was kind of, and she's kind of like getting into it and you're like what what is uh, going on here and um you know then and you it know was, it, it was creepy how Proctor saw her seeing yes. him and just stared at her <laughs> it was so awkward oh <laughs> well, we'll get more awkward on that but uh yeah, tell me about it you know, um, and then we have this Racine uh, guy who we know is going to be a pain in the ass. We know that he's investigating, he's looking for shit, and we're just waiting for it to, you know, for stuff to go down here. Which you I know. love the actor who played. Yeah, yeah, uh, good actor. This FBI actor. I mean, he's in everything. Um, you know, I I was almost like scared to see him in the show because it <laughs> seems like every single show he is in gets canceled. Like revolution and the event come to mind right away, but uh, you know, uh, thankfully, well, we'll get into what happens to him in a few episodes. But yeah, yeah I mean, you know, I mean, not only does he, you know, not not put any consequences on Lucas Hood, but he pretty much, you know, takes the heat away from Lucas Hood by pretty much reassigning the FBI agent from season one who was all over, you know, uh, all over him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there was a lot that went down in this episode. My only one big negative here was that we did not get to see Nola naked. 
<laughs> you know, the, this, this this was a show we never do. The, 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 oh yes, we do. No, no, we don't. Nola does not get naked in the show. Oh yeah, she that, does. No, t- you tell me what episode, and we'll go back and find the footage of this because she does not get. Come naked on, in the show. it's in her contract. She it's, and the Lucas Hoods got to get it out. Yeah, it might be in everyone else's contract, but Nola got a special one that says she didn't have to get naked. Okay. She's very she's very covered up in this series. Well, you know, I mean, it's well, okay, okay. <laughs> hey, if you if you can prove it, prove it to me because I love it because I remember well, I watched I, it. I rewound it. I don't know. I think I think your brain was playing tricks on you, and you were thinking like. <laughs> You're just imagining what it would have been there, <laughs> because maybe remember, it was a dream. I remember it, it could have been a dream. <laughs> I remember this because I love the actress, and, and I remember when she showed up in season one, I was like, "Hell's yeah!" And then I was like, "Well, the way this show runs, eventually she'll meet up with Lucas, <laughs> she'll have sex with him, and we'll see her naked because that's what happens with every actress in this show." And boom, right here, season premiere, they get down you don't see anything. <laughs> and and that's for, I think that's the only time they even hook up is in this first episode here. Yeah. Um, and I remember just after the scene being like, oh, come on, because like, they didn't show anything. Um, so, I mean, if I'm wrong, I would love to go back and rewatch this episode. But I remember... I mean, is that what you're talking about? Like, like, I mean, it was so kind of watered-down sex with her and Lucas that is, is that what you're kind of getting at? I'm I'm getting at that you do not see her nude. <laughs> okay, well, all right. I'll have to, I'm gonna have to rewatch season one then or, or episode one then because you know I mean I know that Nola and Lucas Hood get down, but yes, yes, they get down. I mean we've already discussed that. I mean that was in the description of the episode. They right. have sex, yeah, but yeah. She, she is not naked. Like you do not see her naked in this. Well, maybe like I was just like, you know, when I was watching it, it in my head, she was, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> That's where my disappointment High hopes, I suppose. High hopes and a, and a very vivid imagination, okay? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Your mind just inserted what you needed there. <laughs> exactly. But for me, I just had disappointment because they did, the, they did the very strategic, the arms are in the way, <laughs> the lighting is off. Well, yeah. See. That's but, true. You know, like I said, I mean, it's it's a it's a loose gripe, but it's a gripe of mine. All right, give me what I want. <laughs> so, hey. um, but you know, hey, Nola's it, awesome. Buddy. I was glad to see her back, and uh, you know, she's a great character, and we'll see a lot better stuff from her down the road. And this is just this was a great episode. This was it, this kicked off with a bang. It was a great season premiere, and like I said, it was just a, it was a jam packed episode, and it really set up a nice uh, tone, I think, for the rest of the season. What do you think? I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself i mean you know the like like the quick wrap up of what happened um you know them thinking that rabbit's dead racine is totally convinced that he's not um you see you know bloody footprints you know leaving where he you know was shot so no body means no death right so you know and and Racine is just obsessed, like to a fault of going after Rabbit, and uh, you know, like I said, I, I was really happy to see him, you know, that actor, you know, uh, playing that uh, role. I mean, he plays it so well. Just a chain smoking, uh, you know, 
I, I I'm I'm assuming he has some sort of lung cancer or something, but right. uh, you know. Uh, at any rate, um, but yeah, I mean everything you said about the first episode, you you pretty much hit it right right on the head. I mean, it was a great episode. Great right. episode, lot a lot of action. I mean, you know, Anna driving the pickup truck backwards uh, with 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 that kind of precision was pretty amazing, uh, to say. And then, like right at the last second, you know, he, you know, Lucas jumps out of the out of the truck, and it's it was just amazing. It was really great, a really great uh, scene. Yeah, awesome. Great, great. This was the thing we've always talked about is just how good the action's been. You know, I mean, it's really top notch. I mean, sometimes with TV shows, action sequences, fighting sequences come off kind of cheesy. They don't have the budget to really do some really cool stuff with it. But this show, man, never ceases to amaze when it comes to uh, the action set pieces. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think we should move on to episode two, but I just want to say one thing. I thought it was hilarious that. After it was amazing that Lucas got back into the pickup truck the first time, he he jumps back onto the armor truck again, <laughs> and it just started. Him. I just laughed so hard when he did. It's like, come on, man! You 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 just got off of this moving truck onto a pickup truck that's flying backwards, and you're gonna do it again. <laughs> Like <laughs> that's Lucas for you. At right at the last second too, because then at the right at the last second he jumps back onto the truck and and they take the off ramp they planned on taking in the first place. And heist successful sort of. <laughs> well, at that point, heist successful hundred percent. But like but like you said, and then comes Nola all yeah. dressed in black, you black leather on a uh, you know uh, you know, uh, Crotch Rocket 929 or whatever it was. <laughs> I couldn't tell what it was. And I'm really into motorcycles too, and I, I couldn't figure out what it was. Maybe a Ducati, maybe. I don't know. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. But uh, there was no markings on it. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, and then right into episode two, if you uh, have any objections. Let's go. All right, rock on. So, uh, episode uh, two, season two, called the Thunder Man. The rival, the rivalry between Proctor and Alex comes to a, a head as Alex uh, detonates C four explosive in one of Proctor's cattle trucks, and Nola kidnaps Rebecca. Proctor, in turn, uh, calls in Lucas's favor and has Lucas bring Rebecca back. To him alive. Lucas single handedly defeats all of Alex's guards before uh, finding out that Nola was the one that kidnapped Rebecca. Following Lucas and Nola having had sex the previous night, <laughs> after Lucas recovers Rebecca, Proctor and Burton approach Alex while he is making love to his wife in a hot tub and threaten to kill. All of his family members and drown them in their blood if he ever touches Rebecca again. While this is going on, uh, Siobhan, violent ex-husband, is back in town and pleads with her to uh, remove a pre-existing restraining order so she can, so he can uh, take a nearby job offered by his cousin. 
She complies, but it soon but is soon attacked by him shortly after, leading to her brutally beating him over the head with a Bible. Meanwhile, after receiving 72 hours to set her affairs in order, Carrie is sentenced to 30 days in prison. After being driven to the prison personally by Lucas, who has painful memories of his experience in, in prison, uh, Carrie immediately gets into a violent fight with another inmate. Uh, Gordon continues to struggle uh, and is seen in the final scene engaging in sexual activity with an unknown woman in the parking lot of the Gentleman's Club, the Savoy. As this is going on, Lucas stares at the bloody Bible that Siobhan used to beat her husband with and grins. <laughs> now, now, this episode was very emotional. Very emotional for our main character, I would say. On a lot of levels, too. I mean, you know, it was emotional because he's basically dropping off the love of his life to prison where he knows what goes on because he just spent 15 years there. Um, he's going over, you know, in, in his mind what happened to him while he was there. And, uh, you know... He basically couldn't breathe as he was walking out of there. And uh, we we basically almost see him break down and start crying in his truck. But he he quickly brings himself together and, uh, you know, pulls himself together and drives away. But but like I said, like like this episode was was very emotional. What do you think? It was. Uh, I agree. I mean, on a lot of different levels, just like how shook up. Lucas was just being in front of the prison again, um, you know, and he tells Carrie to kind of keep it cool and, and just keep her head down and don't get into trouble. It's only 30 days, you know, and then she gets in that fight, like literally like the yeah. second she gets in there. Um, and then you and then you deal with the whole Siobhan thing and her ex-husband and the physical abuse that she's been through and not wanting to deal with him. And, you know, we get the full explanation of what that scar is on her neck. And we see the flat, you know, she talks about how he burnt her with the with the curling iron. Um, you know, so like that was, you know, we talked in the season one review about how the show was really good and kind of planting seeds and then doing callbacks to them later. And, uh, you know, I kind of wondered that whole first season about like, is there going to be a story to that scar? You know, cause she, cause she had such a big scar on her neck and they kind of hinted at it. And she was like, I don't want to really talk about it in the first season. And, and then, you know, to have it come full circle into the second season of it being an abusive ex-husband that like burnt her with a curling iron, you know, like, I, it's just it's like, just Whoa, like... like, you know, like that was just crazy. And it's like you get so invested in and like emotionally like invested in these characters that like I like I remember sitting there watching that scene just infuriated, you know. Oh, totally. And then you felt so good that she got to beat his ass with the Bible at the end, and you're yeah. just like, and you're like, get him, get him, girl, get him. Yeah, because you know, you know, and and we all know how Lucas feels about when men beat up women, right? <laughs> so he's like tell me where he is and she she tells him the wrong hotel goes to the real hotel and just puts some whoop ass on him don't doesn't she and oh, then yeah. oh boy <laughs> i mean i almost thought she killed him but oh yeah i thought she did too yeah but she just i, I mean within an inch of his life i would i would say <laughs> 
Well, luckily, Lucas got there. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, you know, I, I mean, I wondered how did he know to go there, but then again, how many motels really can be in this town? Exactly. <laughs> there's got to be like one of two. There's, there's, I'm sure there's not that many. Yeah, it's probably one of two, and she told him the other one. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, in, in speaking on just how emotional it was, too, this is also the episode where you really, I mean, you got it a little bit in the in the first episode, but this is really where you start to see Gordon go downhill, too, because he's so distraught over the whole Carrie thing, and then you see him, you know, like... He finds one thing. He finds the locket. Yeah. When, uh, yeah, yeah. Because when, when he, he, tears, he tears the entire room apart, <laughs> you know, screaming, what are you hiding, what are you hiding, what are you hiding? And he finally finds the locket that's taped underneath of her bottom drawer, and uh, it's a picture of uh, a house. You know, the, you know the locket that uh, Lucas gave her 15 years earlier. Of course, you know Gordon doesn't know that, but he's just wondering why does why is she hiding this, you know, necklace and locket away from me? You know. <clears throat> but, you know, that sets that up for something, you know, uh, later on in, in the uh, season. So, And then, you know, David comes home, finds the whole place trashed, and then, you know, comes over. And, and she's like, you're smoking pot? Because <laughs> at that point, he is, you know, he was smoking a joint now, you know. So you could see that, so... You know, and you could see David just uh, pretty much, you know, that that was pretty much the start of her just totally melting down, you know, s- screaming that, you know, her whole family is, you know, screwed and this and that. So, you know, and that was pretty much the start, like the start of the, the whole family breaking down after, you know, Carrie going to jail and everything. <clears throat> because like the at the end of season one, it was really traumatic for the kids and Gordon. You know, like they they were the three biggest victims in the whole thing, really. Because yeah, they're all finding out, they're all finding out what everybody else already knows. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, but like I said, episode two is very emotional. Very like, and and there's not too many episodes in Banshee that are like that, but. It was played really well by uh, Anthony Starr, you know. Yeah, great episode. I also really, really love the scene with uh, Alex, you know, in his hot tub with his wife, and then Proctor. And, oh God, and it was so nasty! And just dump all the animal parts oh. in the hot tub, and it's just yeah. filled with blood and, it and was... animal head. And oh. his wife is like, ah! <laughs> it was just so gross, man. I was just and then, like, oh. and then, what does Burton do when it's all said and done? Oh, he picks up the remote <laughs> and he turns the hot tub the on. on yeah. Oh, god, <laughs> that had to smell. Oh my goodness, <laughs> so bad, so bad. But you know, it shows how badass they are. <laughs> Once again, you don't, don't, you don't fuck with Proctor. <laughs> nope. <laughs> all right well let's go to episode three this one is the warrior class 
Lucas visits Carrie, who reveals that she's received no extra time for the fight, although Lucas reinforces the message that she should keep her head down. Rebecca's brothers Solomon and Lana Cleary, a young girl from the Kihanu tribe, talk of running away together. Later that day, Lana is found dead, and Solomon is missing. Raising tensions between the Kehanu tribe and the Amish, the Banshee Sheriff's Department is suspicious of Tommy Littlestone, who is the ex-boyfriend of Lana. His brother Chayton Littlestone is the leader of the Red Bones gang on the reservation, which is interested in maintaining the purity of the tribe. The BSD have no jurisdiction on the reservation, but Lucas and his deputies enter it anyway, in search of Chayton and Tommy. A large brawl ensues with the members of the gang, resulting in Chayton being detained and transferred on an outstanding warrants against him take priority, but Tommy is only taken in for questioning briefly as he is a minor. Jason Hood, the son of the real Lucas Hood, reveals himself to Lucas. Jason is happy to stay quiet if Lucas will help him start a new life. The Redbones enter onto Amish land in hope of intimidating the Amish, but Proctor intervenes. Rebecca is attacked by a hooded assailant on the Amish land. Lucas goes after him and suffers a head wound, but not before he shoots his unknown attacker in the leg, who still manages to escape. The final scenes of the episode show Lucas having sex with Siobhan, Gordon getting a lap dance from a stripper, and Nola standing over the dead body of Lana, swearing revenge. So this was a hell of an episode too, man, because once again, there's a lot going on here. I mean, for one, we finally get Siobhan and Lucas hooked up, which this is something that's been brewing since the first season. And uh, I was very happy because I love Siobhan. And I was like, you know, as much as everybody always wants Carrie and Lucas, I was very much like, give me my Lucas and Siobhan. Because <laughs> yeah. I just, I felt like they were such a good match. And I, and I loved their, you know, their rapport together. So that was cool because we finally got that. Um, this whole, like, Amish thing and the and the tribe, you know, with, with these, you know, with the murdered little girl was crazy. And I was very curious of, like, who did it and everything that was going on. We meet Chayton, who is just a beast of a humongous the guy is just massively a beast and and in a show where we see lucas pretty much whoop everybody's ass he just gets whooped down by chayton in this episode and they literally all have to like jump on this dude and to take him out um i mean he's just he's just just this massive dude and um you know, and I and I love just how everybody's like, we can't go on that land. And and Lucas, of course, being Lucas and not caring about rules, is like, well, let's just go anyway. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and uh, yeah. you confidential. Know. Inf- or, no, no, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> yes. ahead of myself. <laughs> so, so we have all of that that we're dealing with. You know, then uh, finding out about you know, um, the son. You know, we have Jason Hood, who's you know basically just wants to start a new life and he's like you know just you help me out i'll help you out i won't blow your spot up um you know like i said so we get introduced to a lot of new characters in this one people that will become very you know much bigger roles in this universe as we kind of move forward um but yeah i mean this is just an outstanding episode i really really like this episode yeah i mean i i i agree with you i i really like this episode too i mean I mean, you know, the uh, the uh, Chayton and uh, Lucas fight was just, uh, it was almost comical, really. Yeah. I mean, because we all know how badass Lucas is, and him just get thrown around like a rag doll was, 
was just comical, you know. And it was almost like the first time he ever seen him, he knew, oh, oh no, <laughs> I'm eventually going to have to go to blows with this dude. <laughs> so... You ain't supposed to be in here, cop. <laughs> that was dude that was eerily just dead on <laughs> hello everybody this is chayton littlestone <laughs> i'm happy to be here on welcome to banshee you're on the wrong land cop <laughs> this is redbone territory <laughs> that's too good man <laughs> oh Boy. I mean, I mean, what Damn is the dude the like? Man. <laughs> Damn well, the white man. Hey, hey, black cop. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, <laughs> he says something extremely racist to him. <laughs> he don't care. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, because the white men come and take our land <laughs> and our women. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm just <laughs> laughing over here because I'm just thinking of everything that he said to Emmett. I mean, he he just he just broke, you know. He just he just won't stop just antagonizing Emmett through the entire episode. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, at the end they finally do get him and they they get him back to uh, the caddy, but. Um, you know, it took a lot of doing, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, they all had to dogpile. It, it was all four of them. I mean, if if all four of them weren't there to take to you know to get the cuffs on them, you know, I they, I don't think they were getting them back. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, um, you know, and you know, uh, is, is this the ep- no? I don't think this is the episode where they find out you know, what really happened, but, uh, they had their suspicions and, uh, they're, you know, they, they went right for, uh, uh, Chayton's, uh, brother. So, um, yeah. And, you know, Jason, uh, making himself known to, uh, Lucas, you know, Lucas brings him into the, uh, office real quick and, you know, right away he's, you know, uh, you know, trying to figure out what's this kid's angle uh is he going to blow my spot up what do i do and you know because you know he was there when his father you know was killed and all you know you know uh you know again lucas's this moral background that he has you know um kicks in and he just wants to help this kid you know so you know instead of killing him like job wants to every second that he that that he gets <laughs> you know uh lucas protects him you know but um definitely uh you know it definitely you know th- this episode left you wondering what's going to happen with this kid jason and a lot more is going to happen with this kid jason you know so, but I mean, that was pretty much like an introduction to meet Chayton, the biggest, you know, badass Indian you've ever met in your life. <laughs> yep. So, but at any rate, and, and, and that, you know, and the, and the Amish, uh, the Amish boy having the girlfriend that, that, 
you know, that's from the reservation, you know, that, that was just terrible, you know, but that, that lent itself to a whole bunch of people going in the wrong direction, didn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> so, and then that brings us on to, uh, episode four pretty much, which is a continuation of episode three is pretty much, you know, just a hunt down for, you know, who, who committed this crime. And it's called Bloodlines. Uh, Carrie's incarceration continues to torment her, which escalates when she receives a visit from Rabbit, who is confirmed to be still alive. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Whoa, shocker. Yeah, who saw that coming? <laughs> so anyway, uh, she continues to try to reach out to Gordon and, and Deva with little success. Meanwhile, the Keanu tribe uh, has a funeral for Lana where Lucas officially meets Nola. Lucas agrees to let Brock talk to the Amish in the hope that the children can shed some light on Solomon's disappearance. Uh, Daniel Moses, a friend of Solomon who escaped the Amish life, reveals that a zealous Amish teacher named Jonah uh, was violent towards both himself and Solomon. Lucas confronts this teacher, discovering he has a wound on his leg, identical to that of the unknown attacker from the previous episode. A vicious fight between Jonah and Lucas ensues. It is revealed that Jonah killed Lana and has kidnapped Solomon. Proctor uses torture to find where Jonah is hidden Solomon. Job reluctantly agrees to Lucas's plan to provide Jason with a new identity. Uh, Chayton escapes while um, Siobhan and Ebbett are transporting him. Uh, the relationship between Proctor and Alex continues to, to deteriorate, resulting in a violent altercation. A peace is made, however, following the arrest of Jonah, but Nola is unhappy with Alex's choice to reconcile with Proctor and kills Jonah before leaving town. Meanwhile, a wheelchair-bound Mr. Rabbit visits Carrie in a prison, revealing himself to be alive to his daughter before departing. Now, this is pretty much, you know, kind of wrapping up episode three. You know, the whole crime of, you know, who killed uh, the Indian girl and, you know, they... and. They find out where Solomon is, and oh boy, what Proctor did to find out where he is is just, oh, good God, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he, has some, uh, he has some fun there. Yeah, I mean, I, what was it, like an ice pick right through the bottom of his jaw into the top of his mouth to... To keep his mouth open so he can rip out tooth by tooth until he got the answer he wanted. Good God. Oh. <laughs> it was one of those moments. I, like, I'm a bit of a, I don't know what, they call it a goraphobe or something. Somebody who doesn't like the sight of, like, a lot of, like, like gory blood, you know? Yeah. And I basically had to cover cover my eyes, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, peek, peek through my fingers a little bit, but. I had to cover my freaking eyes because it was really graphic. <laughs> but, he, I mean, he got the answer. 
Yep, and you got it, what they needed. That's all yep. that matters. Yep, he, it was a abandoned silo, and uh, Solomon was uh, pretty much uh, in the in the floorboards of it, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so uh, once again, you know, our main character, you know, fighting a dude four times the size of him. <laughs> but, you know, come on, he's Amish. <laughs> so, you know, um, he subdues him. And then uh, that's when uh, Proctor goes in and gets the info out of him. So they find Solomon, which is a good thing. And they find out who, uh, you know, who who killed uh, uh, the Indian girl. Another good thing. Um, <laughs> the bad thing is uh, <laughs> Nola finding out who did it. <laughs> That's at the end of the episode. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Just all of a sudden, you see this figure. It was at night. The caddy was closed. You know. And explain to me how a guy that just had an ice pick through the bottom of his mouth into the top of his mouth and have his teeth pulled out is still sitting in a jail cell and not in a hospital because it's banshee and they don't give a fuck exactly <laughs> <laughs> he didn't they, deserve to go to the hospital <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what they said like i could wait till morning yeah. <laughs> is he gonna die nah i will wait till morning <laughs> unfortunately for him he got a tomahawk right to the top of the temple <laughs> <laughs> the top of his head. I mean, Noah's just pinpoint with that freaking tomahawk, ain't she? Yeah, and, she's awesome. Yeah, she is uh, deadly with that thing. Pinpoint accuracy from like 30 feet away. Isn't that too... Uh, it, this is the same episode, right, where after she does that and she walks out and she's leaving that she crosses Job, right? And she's like, nice car or whatever. And he's like, nice bike. And they kind of just pass... They kind of just do a little quick kind of like, no, they I like your outfit, like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a nice outfit. She's like right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, I just love that quick little interaction between the two. It was awesome because I believe uh, Job was leaving to uh, to uh, go fence the uh, diamonds in New York, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I think that's what he was about to go do. Um, and that's why he was leaving. So, yeah. Um, uh, it's a good thing they found out, you know, what they found out. And, uh, isn't this the episode where, uh, a lot of the red bones came and kind of rolled up on all the Amish while Kai Proctor was there and, uh, uh, Burton. I believe that was the last episode. Was it the last episode? Yeah, because we talked about it in the description um, that the Red Bones went to go kind of pressure That's the right. Amish, and then That's right. um, they got saved by Proctor and Burton. With a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. it was a good standoff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Burton, you know, it, it, yeah, it went to show you how really badass Burton is with a baseball bat, isn't it? It was, it's almost like he was pointing at who he was going to mess up next. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean that was a really cool scene. Uh, I sorry, I, um, I went back uh, back an episode to talk about that, but I just wanted to touch on that. That was a really cool scene. Yeah, it was. 
What I like to, <laughs> you know, with this current episode too is, I mean, you know, we saw the escape of Chayton. You know, like they were taking him to uh, to prison in another town, and you know the other red bones pull up and basically flip the car, and then um, they stand down Emmett and Siobhan and basically scare the shit out of them and say, you know, we're we're taking them and there ain't nothing you can do about it, you know. Yeah. And then you even have Chayton, you know, getting in Siobhan's face saying, you know, I'll see you again. <laughs> so, yeah, and then right and right before he leaves, he he goes, Hey, black man, I think these belong to you. And, yeah, all, the, and all the cops, chains yeah. he was shackled with, throw throws him on the the uh, bottom of the cop car that's flipped over. Yeah, yeah I mean, crazy scene and uh, really nuts. Know, what what was nuts to me was that this was episode four, and when he got away, I was like, okay, we're gonna see. You know, I can't wait to see when this dude returns. And that's, this is honestly the last time you see him the whole rest of the season. Except, yeah. you know, we'll talk about the one little quick thing at the end. But um, it really is kind of the last time you see him. And I remember when the season ended, I was like, where the hell's Chayton? <laughs> like, like, how did they not go back to that, you know? And, uh, you know... You know, spoiler alert, He's he's. we'll see a lot more with Chayton come season three. Oh, but, boy, um, will we? You know, but but for this here, I was so kind of starting to get really invested into that character, and then like he gets broken out, and then you don't see him again the rest of the season. So they obviously had big plans for him down the road, but it was kind of weird to me that it was just like okay, four episodes in, and we're already like this character's disappeared. <laughs> so that, that was one thing that I remember it like bugged me at the time. I mean, it was a great payoff later down the road. But um, I remember at the time, I just wanted to see more with him, and I was really shocked that we never kind of went back to that character for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, because I was watching, you know, this as it was going on from week to week. So, you know, every week I was waiting to see, okay, is Chayton going to be in this one? Chayton going to be this one? And then when we finally do see him, it's, you know, we'll we'll get to it, but... um, uh, and and then again, you're just like, oh, I can't wait another year. Yeah. But, uh, exactly. So let's go to episode five. This one here is the truth about unicorns. Uh, Carrie is finally released from prison. I mean, damn, half the season she's sitting in prison, which was kind of crazy for her character. But Carrie is finally released from prison, and Lucas takes her to a house that he had bought for them 15 years ago uh, before he had been arrested. While they're there, that Racine, um, the special investigator, pays the two a visit and tells Lucas he knows that he's not the real Lucas Hood and states that he wants to make a deal with him to bring down Rabbit. Before the conversation can go any further, an assassin sent by Rabbit kills Racine via a sniper rifle. The assassin is then killed by Lucas shortly after. Lucas and Carrie then return to Banshee, where Lucas has a heart-to-heart conversation with Sugar. So, to be honest here, this is my least favorite Banshee episode of all of them. I actually hated this episode. This is this is the one standout episode to me that I remember when I watched it the first go around, I was like, eh. And then when I went and rewatched the series a second time, I was like, yep, this episode still sucks. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, honestly, besides, besides 
the sniper aspect. I was going to say. And, 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 you know, Racine gets his head blown off by the sniper. And then they go out and, and they're, you have that really cool scene where they're all laying in the very high kind of wheat. And they're crawling through the wheat, and they do that above shot where you yeah. see like kind of like the wheat getting pressed coming from all the different angles. Yep. And they take down the sniper, and it's a chick, and they're like, you know what? And she's there from Rabbit, and Rabbit's gonna come after you. And he and Lucas kills the sniper chick. That's like the only cool thing that happens in the entire episode. To me, this episode was just boring as shit. Like. It just didn't even feel like a Banshee episode to me. I don't know, like he picked her up from prison, and they just go on a drive, and they look at stuff at shops, and they have lunch, and it's just like nothing really. Yeah, I mean, she here. buys a unicorn that that lights up. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, just, just really like. Eh. It was just a very lackluster episode. I mean, even reading the description to the episode, it's like half of a description of what all the other episodes are because nothing happens in this episode. No. It just literally is nothing. It's cool that he brings her to the house and he shows her, you know, the house that was in the locket and this is what this was going to be our settle down home. This is what we're going to have, which is just kind of funny that it was still sitting there. Um, <laughs> you know, and, um, but. You know, and, and you know, it was cool that, you know, Lucas, if I remember right, he, he has that nightmare of, of Carrie trying to kill him, right? Like, she, I think she's trying to kill him in the nightmare, and then he wakes up, and, and she's sleeping next to him. Um, yeah. But, like I said, I mean, besides the sniper thing, I mean, it was cool because Racine gets killed, and, we, and Racine was the one character at this point that knows who Lucas is and was going to, you know, has the potential to blow his spot up. Now he's killed. We've tied up another loose end again. Yeah. Um, but honestly, outside of that, I just, I hated this episode. This is just, this is the worst Banshee episode of all 30 that we get eventually between season one, two, and three. Now, um, I, I don't know if you remember or have, have seen the Banshee origins that we've been uh, posting on our Twitter feed, which is uh, at welcome, the number two Banshee on Twitter. But uh, in the Banshee Origins on YouTube, there's a there's a scene with Racine behind the window when they first arrest, uh, you know, our main character for stealing the diamonds. And he's behind that glass. So, you know, when when Racine sees him again uh, in in the beginning of this season, he knows right away you're not Lucas Hood, but he doesn't care. The only thing in it that 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 he has going for him is rabbit. He wants rabbit, and that's it, you know. And he's using them as bait to get to rabbit. But you know, the sniper takes him out, and then again, you know, rabbit, you know, helps him out by getting rid of uh, another another guy that knows. You know, Lucas ain't Lucas, you know, so in a way he helps him out a little bit, but you're right. I mean, there was nothing really good about the scene except for, you know, that one, you know, uh, shot over top of <clears throat> the sniper and Carrie and uh, Lucas, you know, in the wheat, you know, basically closing in on each other. That was cool, but that's it, you know, and then he finally brings her back drops her off at home, and drives away. And then on to season six. Yep, after you woke up. <laughs> I'm like, sweet, season six, let's get back to... Uh... I mean, I mean, on to episode six. <laughs> let's get back to business here. Right, right, right. 
<clears throat> you want to read it? You, you oh, want to go through it? Europe. Oh, okay. Um, Job goes to New York to cash in. Okay, so I was right. He was going for the diamonds. So uh, Job goes to New York to cash in uh, the diamonds that Hood went to jail for. An assassin sent by the man who uh, Jason Hood stole stole from comes to Banshee to capture Jason. Although Hood is seemingly able to bribe the assassin not to harm Jason, the assassin captures Jason anyway. <clears throat> Hood ultimately con confronts the assassin on a highway, leading to a fight which concludes with the assassin's head being decapitated by an oncoming truck. Hood and Jason return to Banshee <clears throat> and has Jason hide uh, the bribe money inside his motel room. Later that night, Jason has sex with Rebecca Bowman, despite Sugar's advice to avoid her, <clears throat> and a jealous Proctor uh, barges in on them and has Burton kill Jason right in front of Rebecca. As Burton cleans up the room, he has a flashback to a time in the past when he was tortured. Although Burton managed to remove all the blood, stains, and evidence of foul play, he doesn't take the money out of the bathroom and doesn't notice the watch the sheriff had taken from the real Lucas Hood and given to Jason. <clears throat> Back in Sugar's Bar, a frustrated Job reveals that Mr. Rabbit had played them and crushes the diamond with a hammer. Lucas spent 15 years in prison over a bag of fake diamonds. Oh, shit. This episode totally redeemed five. Yes, <laughs> yes it did. <laughs> Very much so. And the look on Lucas's uh, face, and, and I've said in the past, th you know, the facial expression on the actors throughout this uh, show is just amazing. The look on 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 his face when uh, Job smashes that diamond with uh, you know a hammer uh, a hammer was just priceless. Like you got to be kidding! <laughs> oh man, he was furious. You oh, know, fifteen years it. in prison. And it know, wasn't even real. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, and you know, he, I mean, he goes to such great. I mean, okay, l let's go to the you know. The guy that was sent to find Jason, who stole the money, that dude was, it was cool. He was one of, he was one of the coolest, like, uh, you know, arch nemesis of, of Lucas Hood throughout uh, this entire season, I thought. Because he was just so cool. He had a really cool, like, Irish accent going on or what, wherever he was from. And, uh... He knew right away that he wasn't a real cop or anything from, uh, you know, them fighting. You know, I, I guess, you know, you know, that old saying, you know, more about a man after you fight him than than you do talking to him for 20 years. Right. So, you know, um, that fight scene on the highway was just awesome. <laughs> you know, it was just awesome. I mean, you know, Lucas tried everything to, you know, save Jason from this guy. He, the guy accepted it, took the money, but he still took Jason. You know, Lucas, you know, Sugar said something about a rat. How I thought I got him, but 
they always pop up because a rat's a rat, you know? And all of a sudden, Lucas was like, crap, I've been had. And, you know, tracks him down and fights the assassin. Wins by a crazy decapitation, you know. Um, yeah, incredible. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, I mean, just the choreograph of the trucks, you know, like jackknifing and then, uh, you know, flying by them somehow not hitting the jag at all <laughs> but you know taking his head off right at the last second was just awesome what do you think oh man i loved it i mean yeah the guy the guy was a cool nemesis for sure i mean right from the very beginning when he's first introduced and he stops i think at the gas station and he's getting gas and the guys are you know trying to take his car he just whoops all of their asses. <laughs> and yeah, then, you know, with and his then, uh, rearview mirror. Yeah, I mean, it's just awesome. And then, you know, he gets to Banshee, and, you know, I liked his interactions with Lucas in the beginning, and Lucas being like, you know, hey, there's a misunderstanding. I'll just give you the money, go back to your boss, tell him that he's dead, everything will be cool. You know, and then, of course, the guy being a typical villain <laughs> takes the money and wants to go, you know, um, take the kid anyway. And uh, never expected a decapitation. It was a great, <laughs> a great ending there of that. Um, seeing um, Proctor and um, and what's his face uh, Burton come Burton. bashing in while Jason's having the time of his life with the gorgeous Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, and he's getting it on, and they just come in and just and and murder him literally while he's having sex. Um, with Rebecca is just—it's a crazy, crazy scene. Really screwed Rebecca up. Oh yeah, she's just like ah, blood splattered all over, yeah. like I mean, just nuts, you know. And then once again, Proctor kind of playing that forceful hand of you know, no one can have you but me. <laughs> kind of, you're thing. either with me or you're against me. <laughs> and and like I, I, you know, and at the time it was just like I know there was like some weird stuff going on between them two, but. Now it's confirmed. <laughs> oh yeah, that that was a complete jealousy move. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that was like get your hands off my girl. <laughs> it's like I just murdered you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, she's your family. You're not supposed to have these feelings towards her, dude. But you're sitting there, pretty much fighting and murdering anybody who touches her. It's like, you know, uh, what's going on here? You know? Yeah, totally. But I mean, this was one of my favorite episodes of the whole season because of that fight with and just the interactions with Lucas and the assassin and all, because they were on a common ground. They both knew it, and they bought and they both talked to each other as equals. And yep. I and, and I thought that interaction was really cool. It was great. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Agents of Shield, and this guy's actually on Agents of Shield. Uh, so it was kind of cool when he popped up this season. I was like, hey, it's the guy that gets decapitated on Banshee. Uh, so <laughs> <Rock on. laughs> that was my first thought when he popped up this season. Uh, so, yeah, no, this is this is a great episode. A very, very good one here. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to episode seven, which is Ways to Bury a Man. Hood returns to Jason's motel room and finds it empty with the money still in the bathroom and the J- and Jason's father's watch he had given him. 
After receiving a tip from Sugar, Hood rushes to Proctor's house and confronts him. During the confrontation, Proctor signals that he had Jason killed, and Hood swears that he'll bring Proctor down. Hood also tells Rebecca that if she gets in his way, he won't hesitate to kill her. Hood, Emmett, and Brock confront a trio of skinheads who work for Proctor. They hurl racist slurs at Emmett to distract him, but are forced to reveal the location of one of Proctor's factories. Hood, Sugar, and Job blow up the Proctor's factory, much to Brock's shock and amazement. As this is going on, Max has a life-threatening asthma attack, while Gordon is drunk in a strip club. Hood was at the strip club, too, investigating Proctor and ultimately gets into a violent fight with Gordon. Alex Longshadow defeats his rival in an election for tribe leader due to the help of Proctor. So here's another episode that was really, really good. A lot kind of going down once again. Um, you know, we find out about Jason getting killed. I loved, you know, um, Hood just going straight to Proctor's house and just being like, what the fuck, dude? And like, you know what? Okay, fine. You want to do this with me? Then this is how we're going to play it. Let's go play this. And, you know, and then him telling Rebecca the same thing, you know, if you're going to get my way, I'll, <laughs> I'll take you out too. Um, the, the skinhead stain was great. That was a good fight. I liked to, you know, when they couldn't, you know, confronted them. Yeah. But um, I got your arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then of course the kid having the asthma attack in typical TV fashion, something bad's happening and we can't get a hold of the adult, um, you know, which is, which is cool. And then of course, you know, um, hood you know getting into it with gordon at the strip club basically fighting him saying like you know what are you doing here getting all fucked up you need to go home you need to go be with your kids which was a Um, long time coming between them two oh totally long time coming you know and then uh so just you know a lot here of course alex becoming you know the tribe leader um basically blackmailing (laughs) you know the the, the tribe and getting you know all the votes this way in his way yep. because of his you know partnership with Proctor and just uh, you know it, it, once again this sets up a, a kind of a big rollout here I mean with the skinheads and everything else that's to come down the road so I mean it just you know once again we start planting seeds and this was a this was a really you know powerful episode too yeah, I mean, this was a huge setup uh, episode. I mean, it really was. I mean, you meet new characters that you didn't know uh, were around before, and you know, it's a huge setup uh, uh, episode. Huge setup episode, and you know, and throughout the uh, episode, you can just uh, you know see Rebecca's deterioration, mental state. You know, but um, but yeah, I mean. It just, <laughs> um, I just really love that whole skinhead part where you know, uh, Brock and Emmett are are fighting the three dudes while, uh, while Hood goes after the main guy through the junkyard, you know, <laughs> and Brock's getting his butt kicked, and then Emmett has to come over, and you know, it always seems like Brock kind of. Is always like the weak link in the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, but you know, like right off the bat, when when Hood goes in to get Jason to take him to the train, right? The whole room is really nice. He knows Jason's not that clean <laughs> because uh, he, I, I remember an episode before telling him why don't you clean up this pigsty too and don't leave the room you know and when he finds the money where he knew he hid it 
he knows something happened to Jason, you know, and he and when Sugar told him that, you know, Rebecca and him was the last person, you know, that uh, Sugar's seen Jason with, you know, Hood knew right away where to go, like you said, go, you know, goes to Proctor, asks them both, is this this is how you're going to play it? And then Proctor's like, are you charging me with something? Are you, are you, you know, is, is there a body that, that you found or anything? You know, of course not, because he made Rebecca watch Jason get turned into ground beef. <laughs> I mean, ugh. But, you know, which just kind of led to, you know, Rebecca's mental state deteriorating even more. I mean, you know, how much more can you put this girl through? Um, Jesus. <clears throat> but, I mean, it really pisses uh, Lucas off, doesn't it? I mean, it sends Lucas into a frenzy of, I gotta take Proctor down now, by any means necessary. So, and, uh, yeah, I think uh, that pretty much uh, brings us, uh, you know, well, no, and then he asks, uh, and then he asks Brock, um, if you were sheriff, how would you take Proctor down? <laughs> and I love Pro- and I love Brock's, uh, you know, answer. If I was sheriff, huh? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> uh, I would start shaking some uh, trees, you know, and uh, you know, and you know, see what falls out of them. You know what I mean? So, first tree they go after is the strip club. They shut it down, arrest all the all the girls in there. And, uh, you know, you know, that's when, uh, Lucas gets in the fight with Gordon and, uh, pretty much they shut down the strip club to piss Proctor off. I know. And he's trying to like be cool with Gordon and he's giving him a heads up and he's like, Hey, we're about to raid this fucking place. So like, you need to get out of here now. Yeah. And he's just like, shut up. I don't hate you. I'm not going anywhere. You, you know, ruined my life. <laughs> it was just like, dude, he's trying to hook you up right now. Can just get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> so. And and it's funny just how much he manhandles them through the whole damn thing. And it's just like, will you just go home already? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't have time for your ass right now. <laughs> you know, right. I got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Episode eight. Let's do it. Rock on. Uh, evil for evil. Um, Job manages to pinpoint where Rabbit may be hiding. Hood manages to have Proctor arrested for an illegal arsenal of weapons. Rebecca reveals to Proctor that one of his strippers, Juliet, told Hood about a way to find them. The skinheads that Hood and Emmett confronted in the previous episode attack Emmett's wife and she loses their baby. A distraught Emmett unlocks the doors to their holding cells and beats the three of them one of whom he violently injures by breaking his sternum with brass knuckles hood tells emmett he did the right thing but emmett resigns from the banshee police force no more emmett being a cop after this um you know they i mean they attack emmett's wife uh and you know the final thing they do to her as, as she's laying on the ground 
was they kicked her in the or the one dude kicked her in the stomach you know and when when he did that uh you know the main skinhead that that emmett really screws up um i believe his name is like sparks or something um he he had this look like dude what are you doing you know like why would you do that like so it was weird how he had a little bit of a moral compass to him, even though he's a, you know, a skinhead well, think, and all. I think they had said, like, their, their thing was just to scare her, you know, and then it's like, and, and I, when that one dude kicked her, I mean, it was definitely, like, taking it over. Way too far. You know, way too far. I mean, that scene makes me cringe, like, every single time, man, because I remember when they, when they knocked her down, I was like, oh, please don't kick her in the stomach. And then when that dude just football just punted her right in the stomach, I was like, oh, my God. Because once again, it's just Banshee taking you places that you don't normally see. Because you don't don't ever see shit like that on TV or in movies. Like, you know, or if it does, you don't see it happen on screen. You know, it happens kind of like you hear about it. And at this, I mean, it's full on just a beat down of a pregnant woman and they kick her in the stomach and she loses the baby. And and it's sad as hell. And you just you feel for Emmett and you want Emmett to just beat their asses, you know, which he does, man. He unlocks the doors and he's like, hey, you can fight me. And if you get past me, then you're free to go, you know, and then he just beats all of their asses and you can't blame him man this dude emmett was always such a very you know, level-headed very level-headed he was always kind of the you know the the right way of doing things he was the calm-headed one you know when it came down to it in decision making and you know he was always the he was the good religious boy and you know never did anything really bad and you know he finally just lost it in this episode and you know, he knew that it was going to be his job and everything that he put on the line, and he just, you know, he could, did not care, man. He had to get revenge for what happened, and and Lucas understood. You know, once again, like telling him, like, I remember, you know, you remember he tried to resign. He took his badge off and everything. Lucas handed it right back to him. And was like, no, nah, there's no need for that. Like, I'll cover for you. <laughs> you know, like no problem. And he's just like, nah, nah. I'm, you know, now- I don't deserve to wear the badge anymore. And, yeah, I mean, I was just going to ask you. Now, do you think Emmett lost a little bit of respect for Lucas when, you know, Emmett told him how he wasn't a good Christian and he shouldn't have done that and this and that? And then Lucas said, I would have done the same thing. You you know, what you did is exactly what you should have done. Do you, do you think right there, um, do you think Emmett pretty much resigned because he lost respect for Lucas right there? No. Because I felt that a little bit. You, you, I didn't no? feel that at all. No. no, no. I think I think they really they gained more of a respect for each other. I mean, don't forget that line where where Emmett goes, um, "I know" or whatever. He he says something like like I know. Uh, I know about you know the real you, and he's like, "What?" Like, and you start to get scared, and you're like, "Oh shit, he knows something." And then he's like, "I know you're really a good person deep down inside, you know, even regardless of this persona that you, you know, you might have had." Well, he says like, "You might have everyone else fooled around here, but not me." And then he's like, "You know, but you, you're a really good person, and and you know, I I respect the hell out of you." And then they they shake hands and everything before he leaves. Like they have a really good, um, you know, kind of 
blowout there at the end where he just kind of tells him, you know, thank you for everything. And no, I don't, I don't think there was any kind of a disrespect level or, or that he felt, you know, like that he had to leave because of the way Lucas was acting. Like, I think he, he respected Lucas a lot. Okay. Maybe it was just me like looking into it too deeply, I think. Um, but then again, do, you know, doing the show and and, and kind of trying to look into things a little deeply, eh, maybe I was a victim of that right there. But no, eh, you're right, you're right. But definitely, I mean, um, just a just a you know just you know the the revenge the revenge that Emmett got was just just awesome, <laughs> and you know. Uh, conveniently, he had so many torture devices he could have picked. I mean, uh, <laughs> and he chooses a gigantic, just uh, big metal ball thing on the end of a stick and just beats the hell out of him with it. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought that was really just uh, redemption, revenge, just... You know, you cheered for Emmett when he got his revenge on him, you know? Completely. But, um, but yeah, I mean, then, then that brings us right into, uh, episode nine. Episode nine, Homecoming. Uh, Job travels to New York and breaks into Rabbit's brother's church. Just before Job can shoot Rabbit, he's captured by Rabbit's brother. Job manages to break free of his restraints and engages Rabbit's men in a shootout before escaping the church and getting hit by a car. In Banshee, Proctor is visited by his mother, and they have their first heart-to-heart conversation in years. Burton executes one of the skinheads whom Emmett beat up with the previous episode for betraying Proctor's trust and telling the cops about the meth lab. Burton then attempts to kill Juliet, the stripper that helped Hood arrest Proctor, but Rebecca helps her escape, causing the distrust between Rebecca and Burton to grow. Carrie moves back in with Gordon and their children, and Hood and Savon grow closer. While they're together, Job phones Hood, telling him he's found Rabbit and is at New, and is at New York Presbyterian Hospital with a concussion. Siobhan is frustrated by Hood's behavior, but he just says that he's sorry and rushes to Carrie's house to tell her about Job and Rabbit. She tells Gordon that she has to leave. Gordon, distraught, holds Hood at gunpoint. Carrie tells Gordon that Hood is Deva's father before departing with him to New York. After managing to rescue Job from the assassins sent by Rabbit, Hood and Carrie prepare for an all-out assault against Rabbit and his brother. So this episode here is kind of the same thing that we dealt with in season one, where that pre the the ninth episode of the season is super jam packed. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> they, excuse me, they throw like everything at you because they're trying to really get to this end game for the season finale. And in this one, it's so much. I mean, you start with, with, you know, Job at the church getting ready to assassinate Rabbit, and then he gets caught, and he runs out of the church, and he gets hit by the car, which is an amazing scene in its own right. Um, I remember when I saw this the first time, I thought Job was dead. So like, I, I was just like, oh, that sucks, man, because I love Job so much. And I was like, he's dead. This dude is just done for. The way he gets nailed by that car, you're just, you just think it's over. Um you know, um, 
Burton, you know, going into the hospital and suffocating the skinhead. I remember, you know, when he, I remember when he shuts off the dude, he's like, that's my fucking morphine, man. <laughs> that's all he was worried about. That's my yeah. drugs, man. No. Yeah. Just like, oh, <laughs> the pain, it hurts so much. You know, don't uh, worry you know, about it. You'll be put out of your misery in a second. <laughs> yeah, you know, he takes him out. I remember, you know, like, like there's the detention of Burton then going to the strip club to kill the stripper, but then Rebecca getting her just in time, and just, you know, like, I remember, like, you know, you see her sitting there, and she's putting the makeup on and everything, and Burton's walking through the club, and when he, you know, he's trying to get in the door, and the door's locked, and he finally busted open, and she's not there anymore, and, you know, Rebecca telling her, you need to get out of town, you need to go out of here, um, you know, just really cool stuff with, with all of that, you know, moving forward, um, you know the whole Carrie thing. It was cool to, to finally get the resolution of that of of Carrie being like he's Deva's father. You know, De- you know Deva's father. Um, as you know, Gordon is freaking the hell out again because he finally allows Carrie to come back home and you know move back in. And then immediately she's like, "I gotta go with with Hood," and he's like, "What the hell? You? I just let you back in the house." And you know, and she's like, "You yep. need to understand." And it's my dad, and she he's her dad, and all of this stuff, and then um, going to the hospital, the big shootout was awesome, Um, I mean, there's just, a lot of cool stuff happens in this episode, and it's really, really jam-packed, and it's just, you know, it's another just super solid, great episode uh, of Banshee here, man, and just just leading up to that big uh, season finale. Yeah, and, you know, uh, it was one of my favorite episodes right up to the last episode, which was my one of my favorite episodes <laughs> you know it, like they were all one of my favorite episodes except for that one exactly. <laughs> you know episode that we talked about with the sniper but <clears throat> but yeah i mean you know gordon finally finding out that you know why hood has been so you know just always there you know what i mean like what's the connection with uh carrie and hood i mean he finally finds out you know exactly and, and and I just love how Hood kept saying, "You better get that gun out of my face," <laughs> you know, giving you three seconds, <laughs> you know, like he just does not take shit from anybody, you know. I love Even that with about a gun him. In his face. <laughs> exactly, I love that about him. He's just fearless, you know. But uh, but yeah, like but like you said, there's just so much that happened in this episode, and I mean it. You know, it it closes up a couple things, but then opens up a whole lot more than what it closes up, and it gets you ready for you know season two, uh, uh, episode ten, you know the season finale. Don, um, is there anything you want to talk about season nine before we get into ten? No, let's, let's do it. Well, season finale. Like last last show and getting my hands ready for C episode ten, buddy. Uh go for it, Don. Go for it. Oh, it's you, buddy. Oh, is it me? Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> so, um number ten called Bullets and Tears. I like that name. <clears throat> Flashbacks to the past show how the original jewel theft went down. How the relationship between Lucas and Anastasia, or, or uh, yeah, did I say that right? Uh, An- Anastasia. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, began at, uh, and the events that led Lucas to be arrested and sent to jail as Rabbit arranged for his arrest in order to keep him and Anastasia apart. In, in the present, Carrie and Lucas travel uh, to an arms dealer who provide Lucas with an arsenal of weapons. Confronting Rabbit's brother, Lucas, Carrie are outbattled by uh, Rabbit's men, but are saved at the last moment by the arrival of Job and a squad of hitmen led by the arms dealer, who, who gunned down Rabbit's men. After the moment of calm, Rabbit's brother burst out shooting at Lucas. <clears throat> oh, bust, burst out shooting, and Lucas kills him by repeatedly shooting him with a, with a pistol. Lucas and Carrie then confront Rabbit, who sits alone on a bench behind the church. After bidding farewell to his daughter and Lucas, Carrie and Lucas provide Rabbit with a pistol loaded with a single bullet. After being told by Lucas to go to hell, Rabbit complies and kills himself. <laughs> Great scene. Back in Banshee, uh, Yawners and his wife are preparing to leave town, but are brutally gunned down by neo-Nazis in a parking lot. It is implied that the neo-Nazis were following orders made by Proctor. Rebecca tries to seduce Alex Longshadow so she could kill him, but it ends up resulting a brutal attack with Rebecca stabbing and shooting the dead man. Without Longshadow's evidence, Proctor is freed, returning home with Rebecca, revealing what she did and embracing her naked uncle. Hood is just settle, settling back into... Uh, in uh, settling back into office when Deva arrives to reveal she knows he is her real father. In in a post credit scene in New Orleans, Chayton Littlestone is violently fighting in a pit outside of Banshee. After killing his opponent, he is informed of Longshadow's death. Chayton walks away, claiming that he is going home. Dun, 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 dun. It's time for me to go home. <laughs> We're going home. We're going Pack. home. Pack your bags. <laughs> and and find like you know, see seeing Chayton again at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yes. Oh, awesome. Great. You you see this like I gotta wait a year. <laughs> see this fight pit going on, and then you just see him from behind. And he's got that big eagle tattoo on his back. Yeah, with the long and, braided hair. Yeah, yep. and then you just and then you see him from behind, and you're like, "Oh shit, it's that guy from earlier in the season." You're like, "Yes, there he is, oh, finally." I mean, it was just awesome, and then. You know, he does this very weird, you know, you know, he's got the dude he just beat to a pulp by the neck and everybody's yelling and he just snaps his neck and kills him. And then that's when he gets the phone call that Alex Longshadow was killed. And that's when he just stops, closes his phone and says, we're going home, you know. But, I mean, this episode was just 
you it's know the season finale man it fucking intense. just goes crazy it was awesome awesome i mean l- literally they run out of bullets right carrie and lucas are just you know <laughs> no bullets uh and and you know lucas would sacrifice himself <laughs> time after time again to save carrie and here's another example of it he pulls out a little knife <laughs> That's my favorite part. there's there's nine dudes with with machine guns all locked and loaded again right and he jumps out <laughs> with this knife yep. and then He's like, like yeah, and then yeah, and then all of a sudden, Job and 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 his crew come in and just mow them all down with their machine guns. And the I love the arms dealer. He goes, you know what, you crazy white boy, (laughs) I I almost wanted to see how you were gonna kill nine dudes with machine guns with one little knife. (laughs) I love that part. I love that arms dealer dude. I always wanted him to pop back up at some point too, because he he was a really cool character that I wish they would have done a little bit more with. Yeah, what was his name? Fat Fat Al or Fat yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Fat Al. Something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was yeah, awesome. Yeah, Carrie's like, do you, do, do you know him? He goes, kinda. And he's, <laughs> she's like, is he going to be happy to see you? And he goes, we're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, you know, all I have to say is, uh, once again, bravo to Banshee for ending a, an awesome season. Minus episode five. Oh. Minus, <laughs> exactly. My asterisk is episode five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so this ep- yeah. This episode, man, I mean, just kills it on so many levels. I mean, we get the, the you know, finally the ending to the rabbit story, which was good. Um, especially with Rabbit shooting himself. Like, I, I like that he ended his own life. It didn't even have to come down to Carrie, you know, or Lucas. And, and that was a really telling kind of thing, you know, leaving just him dead on the park bench by himself. Um, really then, um, I mean, losing Emmett, man, like how crazy was that scene? Like Emmett and his wife are leaving town. They're trying to move on with their lives. And this van just pulls up and then opens the door and just unloads. Just like, I mean, a thousand bullets in both of them kills Emmett and his wife. I'm just like, oh, no, you know, because, I mean, we've we've grown so much now in two seasons to get attached to these cops, you know, to get attached to this police department. And even though Emmett was saying, you know, that he was, he was quitting and he was leaving, I expected to, to see him again next season, you know, and then yeah. he gets, he gets gunned down and I'm just Did like, not see it coming. Wow, man. You know, when that van pulled up, my heart was just like, Oh shit. Like, you know, cause yeah. it's the, it's the other Nazis trying to get revenge for their brothers. And, you know, so, so we deal with all of that. And then we have Rebecca trying to seduce Alex and it kind of going sideways. And then they end up fighting and she still murders him. And I mean, it just, there was like all, and all of this stuff is like happening at the same time in the show. Like it's bouncing back and forth between like all of these different like murders and crazy scenes going down. And it's just like all hell is breaking loose. I mean, it really is 
signifies what a season finale is, you know, where it's just, you, you just, you lay it all out on the line, man. And Banshee does it better than anybody. And there's just so much going on at the end of this thing here. Um, you know, and then, yeah, Rebecca hugging the naked Proctor. It was like, Oh no, what are we doing here? And, you know, it just, uh, you know, yeah. and then of course ending the episode just w- with the, re- with seeing Chayton saying, I'm going home. And you're just like, Oh shit. Season three is going to be crazy. And, yeah. you know, I leave you once again by saying season two outperformed season one. And we said it when season one, that, you ain't seen nothing yet. Even with how awesome season two was, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> so. Couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> I mean, is there anything that happened in season two where where it made you scratch your head like why or I'll 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 throw mine out just All so right. you can get like an idea of where I'm coming from here. All right. I believe that Rebecca said Juliet, right? Which, of of course, is BS. Juliet never told him that, you know, that there were, you know, guns and all this crap in wherever, right? She just said that she saw them moving some boxes around, right? But, But Rebecca has no idea that Juliet has even been talking to the cops. But I think that was revenge on Proctor because she saw Proctor banging Juliet and you're going to kill Jason who was banging me. So now I'm going to have Juliet killed, uh, you know, cause you're banging her. But then, you know, that's what I got from it. But then she helps her escape. So she doesn't get killed. So it's like, why did you implement Juliet in it and then help her get away? I never understood why she helped her get away if her whole motive was uh, revenge on Proctor's piece. Because I don't think she really wanted her murdered. You know, I think she wanted her uncle to pay. And he did when he got arrested and went to jail. You know, and then um, I, I just think she she didn't want it to go that far. And then once she knew that she was going to actually get killed, then she wanted to, you know try to save her i mean she also was kind of she was kind of pissed at him too kind of at that point you know yeah. to where i don't think she really wanted to you know i maybe she didn't want to give him the satisfaction of you know being able to tie up that loose end okay so not only did she take away his main piece that he liked to you know you know basically screw around with but she also didn't give him the satisfaction of you know, taking care of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, all right. So she <laughs> so she double-screwed him. Yeah, pretty much. I like it. I like it. Okay, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. All right. I mean, but is there anything in, in this season, something to that effect that, you know, you had a hard time wrapping your mind around? Um, no... Nothing really that stands out. I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard because you've seen season three. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. exactly. Like it wasn't like, I mean, any loose end that was left in this season got wrapped up next season. So I mean, there wasn't really, you know. I, I think we got a lot of answers in this one. We had a lot go down, and 
you know sure. i was happy to put the rabbit chapter behind us cuz it was like okay we already dealt with this for two seasons like i didn't want that to always be the overlining kind of story so when when he got killed i was happy to see like we we're putting that behind us and looking forward to you know the next step after that yeah and and i like how rabbit said you know uh sometime in your future there's a bench waiting for you yeah. and that's when he said go to hell and he goes okay then and just blows his head off <laughs> I, I mean that was just great yeah. loved it i was like thank god the rabbit thing is over like yeah. like you said <laughs> i was so happy the whole rabbit thing was over but now we got chayton coming home mm -hmm. and, and you know you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> <laughs> perfect don perfect uh you know what man right there I think that wraps up season two in a nutshell, man. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> so what you, if you... you got his voice down perfect, uh, dude. <laughs> I hope you all like that, that have seen the show and know what I'm talking about. So well, uh, I hope so. <laughs> and you're yeah, not just listening so. to us talk about a show you ain't never seen. <laughs> Well, you know what? I mean, honestly, though, like, I mean, sure, most people, I'd say 90% of people that would listen have already seen the show. But honestly, there are people out there, and I know we've we've had a couple of listeners ourselves, um, you know, tweet and stuff like that, that actually didn't see the show and listened to us talk about season one, and it got them excited to go watch the show. And that's also another big point, especially for me, on doing this show, is like, not only... Yes just reiterating stuff for the hardcore fans and, you know, talking about stuff that we loved, but spreading the awareness of such a great television show and bringing it to, you know, a bigger audience, making people go search it out and find it. And, um, and I know we did that for a couple of people, you know, to, and push them into, um, watching, you know, the show based on just, you know, how excited they, they listening to our descriptions and, and talking about these episodes and being like, damn, I really want to see how that actually plays out then, you know? So yeah, it might've spoiled some stuff, but some people don't mind spoilers, you know? I mean, there's always just listening to somebody talk about something is a little bit different than watching it actually play out, you know? And, and so True. I think that even if you've listened and you kind of get some storyline spoiled, it's still never going to compare to you sitting down and actually watching this show. So um, I'm just glad that, you know, we've opened some more people's eyes to this program. Because once again, it is the best show on television. And I'm glad that you guys have tuned in here for the season two review. Uh, next month in March, we'll be doing season three. Uh, so, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. Season three is the best of the bunch. And uh, I can't wait to talk about season three. Oh, and then man. that also means... We're very close to the premiere of season four coming April 1st on Cinemax. So that's going to be super, super duper exciting. I to can't get into wait. The new season. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't wait to talk about each episode with you yep. and what might happen, what's going <laughs> to happen. I can't wait. Don. It's going to be very exciting to not know. You know, yeah, and just have yeah. and just have us speculate on, it, on where this is going to go in the yeah. final eight season, eight episodes here. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I can't wait till March to go over season three and wrap up all the seasons that we've been, uh, you know, going over with you guys, and uh, really hope you've been enjoying it. And I really want to thank the fans, you know, uh, you know, on Twitter 
Uh, it's uh, at welcome the number two banshee. Uh, you guys been reaching out to us and uh, saying some really nice things, so really appreciate that. And uh, you know, um, you know, we tried to. Th there's also on YouTube. It's uh, called Banshee Origins. Um, you know, definitely check that out. There's a lot of cool, um, you know, deleted scenes or whatever uh, you want to call them. Uh, from you know all the seasons and it's just i wouldn't want to call them deleted scenes i mean they're they're, they're it, it's additional story clips that tell you think so yes they're not deleted scenes at all they're 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 spe they were specially shot to be bonuses um to bring in like extra insight and um different okay. layers two things to, to show you how did we meet Job originally? How did we, you know, right. do this? How did we do that? Uh, things that there wasn't time to really squish into an episode. So they're just, it's extra insight uh, into the show. And they are really, really cool. And there's a whole YouTube page for them and you should watch them. I mean, if you have the Blu-rays or anything like that, they are included on there, which is awesome. Um, and okay. uh, season three should be coming out here very soon on Blu-ray as well. So I can't wait to pick that up. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, once again, thank, thank you just everybody. Uh, continue to support. Tell all your friends, tell all your family, tell all your other fanchies out there uh, if they want to listen to a cool show about a cool show. They should check out Welcome to Banshee. And once again, like Frank said, follow us on Twitter at Welcome to Banshee. And um, listen to us right here on RedDragonsRadio.com. This is where it's at. And... Um, you can listen to some other really good shows here on reddragonsradio.com. Like, uh, Lynx, tell them about another show that they can listen to. Um, well, they can listen to the Indie Sports Car Podcast, which, uh, oh, yeah. And the season's coming up. Can't wait. Uh, beginning of March, March 13th, start of the IndyCar season. Or, uh, and uh, that's, our, that's our bread and butter season. That's the main se uh, uh, racing series we cover. Cannot wait. Um, and, uh, there's also another great show on, uh, Red Dragons Radio, Don. Oh yeah. Um, there's another awesome show. It's called, am I on the air? So definitely check that out. Uh, that is my bread and butter. Am I on the air is, uh, a podcast that's all entertainment based. We talk about TV and movies and reviews and, um, uh, basically anything in that genre. If you want to be all the way up to speed with all the latest and greatest of entertainment news, definitely check out am I on the air on reddragonsradio.com. I also have another show called red dragons assemble. So check that one out also where we basically roundtable discussion uh, a lot of entertainment news as well so uh, lots of great great entertainment from Lynx's shows to my shows and a whole bunch of other shows on there definitely check out reddragonsradio.com this show right here also available on iTunes so definitely you know if you're an Apple guy go out there and subscribe and download on iTunes as well so um, it's been great it has been season 2 the wrap up to um, Banshee Season 2. Very, very happy to get this one in the books. Hope you all enjoy, and we'll catch you next month for our Season 3 review. So, till next time, y'all. Peace! Rock on. Whether you're a beggar or a thief Whether you're an angel on their sleeve 
Whether you are rich or small, whether you have fell or will fall, whether you've been beaten or done the bruising, whether you have lost your way, whether you have doubted me, whether you are dirty or clean, whether you're a sinner, whether you're a saint, 